Happy Tuesday. Hi, everybody. Oh, what's up? Okay. Stop picking your nose was the first. He was, they, they were here at 7.25 a.m. Dude, I wasn't even, well, I was awake then, but not like fully awake. You were walking unconscious. I was like getting ready to go to the shower then. I didn't shower this morning. I did a bunch of burpees. Didn't shower. Oh, that's fun. I didn't work out at all. I should have because of how much beer and junk food I had last night, which was a big mistake. You uh, got that beer and junk food. I just think I, I what is it? I think rum and Red Bull. That that melody goes with anything that you like. Anything <laughs> you are walking the bayou. Like you can do anything to rum and Red Bull. <laughs> we got a morning podcast. I love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, last night I was doing Zoom calls with a bunch of friends and it was fun and I just couldn't stop drinking beer and eating chips and buffalo sauce until all the beer in the house and all the chips in the house were gone. There's some beer in the house. (laughs) Not anymore because I drank all of it. Yeah. And so then I was like laying down to watch stuff with Tyler and I was like, I don't feel good. And then I was like, maybe it's the fact that I drank all the beer and ate all the hot sauce. And then I went to bed. I know who your favorite Dragon Ball Z character is. Beerus. I don't even know who it is. Well, oh. it's, 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 it, well it's Beerus, but it's spelled like Beer Us. <laughs> Beerus yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Good morning, everyone. Morning, stop picking your nose. Morning, okay, weird. Morning, Cher. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning, Kat. I'm glad y'all are here. Spinach. Let me go eat some spinach yeah. real quick with Kat Benson. Kat, can you juice. tell me, is it healthy to drink three beers and eat tortilla chips and buffalo sauce? Kat Benson, how at, much beer should yeah. we drink? To like, At what point can you no longer acquire abs with your alcohol? That's a good question. I wasn't working for abs anyway because I haven't done any core or ab workouts in like a year. But in case I ever do want abs, how much beer should I drink? You'd be a geometric anomaly if you had abs i mean you'd be like spheres and rectangles that would that would be you i would I'm t- like you boobs and abs like oh, just think of abs. the shapes on your torso oh you, you, you have... meant that like because i was so fat that like i could there would be no way i could get abs no i was just talking about like all the shapes that would be imprinted <laughs> on your body like that would just be overwhelming it would be overwhelming. I would be so, I would be like a little kaleidoscope of shapes. Oh my God. That's exactly like it, you would be, you would be DMT. Yeah, Joe, Ro- Joe some, Rogan. Some modern smoke art. You. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh, I'd love for Joe smoke Rogan me, to daddy. smoke me. Smoke me. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we get crazy when we match. Just so you know. Yeah. We sh- you, should, you should have known this podcast episode was going to be wild when we both wore the same hoodie. Yes, yeah, wasn't even intentional. Whenever we match, it's never planned, just so you guys know. We Except just our like, matching tattoos. That will be planned. Uh, what we're going to get, we're still not sure. Um, Pseudo Southwest scramble with veggie sausage, bell peppers, and th- that sounds fantastic. That sounds delicious, dude. Dude, bell peppers is like my cheat code when I want to make my meals look better than they are, just because they're so colorful. Yeah. They're so pretty, and they also taste good. They taste fantastic, especially yeah. when you just saute them. Like, not, yeah. not, like, and it's just so easy to do that with. When I was in college and couldn't, like, you know, had to, had to eat cheap food as all college students do. Um, my go-to was just I had a walk and I would just throw all the veggies I had in the fridge 
which usually included a shit ton of peppers and um, with the oil and tofu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always buy a lot of bell peppers so I can do that. And then they end up getting moldy because I don't use them fast enough. So I stopped buying bell peppers or I get them frozen. Get like frozen ones. That helps. Two drinks or less a day for men, one drink or less for women. One drink or less? Are you serious? One drink or so women just shouldn't drink. <laughs> so like my maximum drink, is that like one one bottle of beer or like one shot? Like I can only have one of each of those a day. Are they transferable? Like if I don't drink, can I give my drinks to Savvy and she can like keep stay healthy? Yeah, can we do that? Because I only drink, drink on Sundays. I was doing, I was only drinking beer on the weekends until yesterday. I was like, I'm going to only drink beer on the weekends, but I mean, I'll drink hard alcohol all throughout the week because it doesn't have that many calories. But I know that that's, I know that that's not what this is about. You know, it's not real reasoning or logic. You just, you just tell yourself that as you drink it. Well, no, it's true. It's like, it's like beer is full of carbs and stuff. And like wine is full of sugar. If you drink, I don't, I don't make cocktails. I don't mix it with anything. I just drink hard alcohol by itself. Isn't that still like 70 or 90 calories per shot? Sure, but I'm not doing like a million shots. I don't know. You're doing three. That's more than a Gatorade. Yeah, but I'll drink that instead of a Gatorade. Yeah, but then your body's at a a negative Gatorade then because you got a Gatorade to hydrate after all that alcohol. No, you just drink water to hydrate, dude. (laughs) You put like three shots of bourbon in a glass with an ice cube and then... One ice cube to fight off all that alcohol. No, you always put an ice cube in a bourbon glass because it's like, it looks, it's nice. It, looks it, nice. Like, it clinks around. It's like, do, do, do. Yeah. Actually, I really like the, uh, have you ever had like the spherical ice? No. That, that, that's fan. Or, or the giant ice cube, like the one giant ice cube. Those are fun. I, I, I like it when people put a little effort in their ice. We have these like metal ice cubes for bourbon where they're not really ice. They're just like, you're supposed to freeze them and then they, they work the same way as an ice cube, but it doesn't melt. So you never get extra water um, diluting the bourbon. Does, does one drink, can, can we do, can we do a share saying one box of wine? Can we slap the bag and that's our one drink? I like that. Remember when we were talking about Rachel slapping the bag? Cause like, she. No. <laughs> I'm sure we did though. I don't know. Like for so, I I remember you talking about her her eating canned tuna fish, and then we were asking like if she's willing to eat canned tuna fish, too, she's willing to slap the bag and have box wine. Yeah, I'm with Liz. Like mar- marijuana is better than alcohol in every way. I just I had drinks this past Sunday because Aaron and I did um we did brunch and it was dollar mimosas and three dollar sangria. Yeah, you were texting me going I'm drunk, and I was like it's eleven on Sunday morning. Are you really drunk right now? Yeah, it's even uh, I'm not drunk right now, dude. Dude, it's wild. This Mexican restaurant has the best brunch. It I has the jealous. best Sunday brunch. Um I had I had breakfast quesadillas. And then they I also should, have these incredible think, huevos know, rancheros. I think, I think Kat Benson's right. I think maybe I need to cut back on my drinking a little bit. I mean, I, I depends on what your goals in life are. <laughs> That's true. Are my goals in life to not drink as much? Is that a goal that I'm going to set for myself? I, I was going to say if it's to be healthier or, you know, to like, to like not abuse your liver and your, and your heart. Then, then yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe just, yeah, maybe I want to be a little healthier. Think of all of the chips you can eat if you cut out two drinks. But I don't really like, I'd rather have the drinks than the chips at that point. 
Okay, then do you, I feel like you get drunk munchies though. That's because like every time I talk to you, you're like, I'm drunk and eating this. That's true. But that doesn't always happen. A lot of times I just don't buy snacks and I just drink bourbon in the evening and it's great. I don't know. I've had the best munchie food lately because Aaron's still, you know, making yeah. shit for school. So she made Day of the Dead bread. Oh, the dude. For, for school. Yeah, everything sounds so good where you're at. And hot crust buns, and they were just delicious. Um, those are just the guidelines you asked about. Kat, you got to lie to us. You got to lie to your friends. That, that, that's the rule in life. No, I'm glad Kat gives us the real guidelines. Those are the guidelines. Uh, but can I save them all for like, okay, so if it's one drink a day for women, that's seven drinks a week, right? So I could- You're going to weight watch our point collect. <laughs> yeah, I could do, oh, but see, that's only three on Friday and four on Saturday. That's still not enough because then I don't have any for Sunday. Oh, and that's fuck still, off. <laughs> it's still only three in one, like, no way. No, you can do um, three Friday, three Saturday, one Sunday. I could, but like, why would I ever drink one drink in a day? So you don't like the taste of alcohol. You just like the experience. Oh, no, I, I love the taste. It's just, uh, it's just when you just have one, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess I'm done now. You know what you should do? You should take a few. Actually, you should stop drinking because then you can start drinking again and it'll take less to get you drunk. Oh, actually, that's a really good idea. It's like I didn't eat meat for two years. And then the first burger I bit into, it was like my mind was blown. I was like in ecstasy, dude. It was incredible. Dude, what if like I that. ate a burger? It's been 10 years for me. I or know, like dude. Like almost 11. It's, it's going to feel amazing. <laughs> or dude, I'll just like cry. It'd be like, well, the first bite, you got to eat it really slow because then you got to like really take a minute to let all the flavors just like. Oh, I had fish kind of recently. Yeah. Only because like, I don't know, it's it's New Orleans. It's impossible to avoid forever here. And you're kind of, I felt like kind of, a, I felt like I'm more of a dick for not eating it than eating it. So, and it was delicious. Dude, no I love fish. Fish is so good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that you should, uh, you, you should cut it out for like, j -j -j you can make it a video cause you'll do anything for content. Do a 30 I stopped drinking for a day. <laughs> a 30, 30 day challenge. Do a, do a 30 day challenge. No alcohol for a month. No alcohol for a month. Mm, okay. I could try. I don't know if now's the time to do that. Now that Tyler and I are vaccinated and ready to go tour breweries and stuff. So maybe now's not the time for that. Oh no, Kitty. I'm, I, I've. I've been veg like I haven't I've been vegetarian. I call myself convenientarian for the past ten years. I haven't eaten like any land animals, uh, with like maybe one exception. And I call myself convenientarian for that one exception because like I went to a house party and they served meat, and I I preferred eating the meat than making a big deal about it because I didn't want to be that dick who got invited to someone's home and like was like I'm actually vegetarian. I can't eat this. I know you spent all day preparing it, but feel bad. So I just shut up and ate it. So that was like my one time eating meat. And then I've had fish um, like almost once a year the past few years because I, I would take a vacation. And um, when I'm when I'm on vacation, it's just not always feasible to be vegetarian. I like the way you do it because it seems like you're, um, you're not, you, you're not financially supporting the far, the, like factory farming industry because you're not purchasing meat. But if someone else already has, I mean, them throwing it out or you not I'd rather eat. eat a, I mean, I, so this, is, yeah, this is a bad example because I haven't done it yet, but I'd rather eat a cow than throw that cow's meat out. Right. I feel exactly. Like, yeah. Because it's like, it's, I understand it's one thing to be like, I'm not going to, 
buy meat because I don't want to be financially incentivizing the farming industry to continue this. However, if it's like, yeah, if someone's already got this meat and they're like, oh, I'm going to throw this out if no one eats it. And then like you, you might as well eat it at that point because you're not you're not financially contributing to it. Yeah, I think that I mean, that's the I think that has the most social impact what you're doing. So well, it's it's it still just has the morals to it, too. I do think it's for some reason I can think about morally respect. Yeah, as Cher said, it's about respecting the animal. I mean, can you imagine killing an animal and just throwing it out? Like, that's right, so exactly. disrespectful. That's I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I think you've got the right idea. Well, you know who else does it? I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, X-Files guy and Californication. Him. Uh, did, 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 well, shit, I'm going to just Google his name so I don't disrespect him. Okay. But he sort of said this. He, he wrote a book about his experience as a vegetarian. And um, he basically said he's, he's vegetarian, but he's in the same boat. If he goes to someone's house and they served him meat, he, he, would, he would eat it to be uh, polite. And if he, what's it called? If he's... If it's a choice between eating it and throwing it out, he'd of course eat it because it comes from yeah. Okay, weird had it. David Duchovny, he's a vegetarian, but if he's put in, a, in an uncomfortable situation with meat like that, he'll eat the meat because he'd rather he he sees it as more respectful to eat the meat than to throw it out. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Kitty, I can't do it. Unfortunately, I won't eat it. I'll either bring my own food or let. People know I don't eat meat beforehand. No, and I hear you, Kitty, and I normally do do that. I'm saying this isn't like it's a regular occurrence. This is like once in 10 years. So I'm, I'm talking about a once a decade experience. Otherwise, I hear you. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And I, I think I may have led you on to believe that I, I eat more meat than I actually do just now. I really don't eat meat. Like I, I, I've had, I've had uh, one thing of meat in over a year it's a it's um yeah i mean you could call it a flexitarian if that's what you want uh but like i said i mean in the past 52 weeks i've had one meat meal and it was fish so that's a that's a it's a lot of flexing that's uh, that that's way more tarian than flexing like i said i think i think i may have made it sound like i eat more meat than i actually do i i <laughs> In the past two years, I, in the past two years, even I've only had one meat. Actually, in the past three years, I've only had one meat meal. No, that's a lie. I've had two. So yeah, two meat meals in three years. So I guess that's flexitarian if that's what you want to call it. But yeah. I don't know. I just call it vegetarian because that's two meals in a hundred fifty-six yeah. weeks. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. Um, since I'm kind of tired, I think we need a motivational video. I'm pulling up. All right, guys. Uh, it's Gary V week, as you all know. So right now, Gary V has a five-minute rant to fire us up for the next nine years. Uh, I'm Marie, to... yes, I'm aware that commercial fishing is destroying the environment. I don't go out. Okay, I really made it sound like I eat more meat. I don't eat meat. I really don't. I've had two meals. Both were fish in the past three years. I didn't think this would be that big of a deal. <laughs> I eat fish all the time, so it's uh, like I probably do need your lecture. Actually, RK doesn't. I do. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna get fired up for the next nine years. I am ready to be because I am uh, falling asleep right here, but I'm ready to be fired up until I am 37 years old. Dude, just do 10 burpees real quick. I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna do that. Okay, fine. I, I get super high doing burpees. I, I, I get that runner's high in, like, minutes. All right, Gary, what do you got for us? 
May 5th, before we watch this video, May 5th. I'm That's tomorrow. Huge project. Please. Yeah, he actually had a live stream yesterday where he said he thinks he had have to delay it. He's going to delay it? Yeah, because he doesn't know if he's going to have... Um, how did we get here, Kitty asks. Uh, I blame you. We got here because of you. So thanks, Kitty. Fucking dick. Kidding. Love you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I already made the thumbnail for tomorrow. So Gary B, you better not delay this because I already made a thumbnail. It says NFT day on it. I made a mushroom stroganoff. Okay, I wish I liked mushrooms more. Like, I, I love I, mushrooms, dude. I want to make some mushroom stuff. I, I hate mushrooms, and I, I'm jealous of people that like them. Like it's one of the, like I don't like it's one of those things I wish I liked, but I just can't get into. All right, so Gary, you better you better tell us about your NFT tomorrow. He also has a video about NFTs. Oh, wait, can watch. Actually, last vegetarian thing. So Aaron's addicted to, to TikTok. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And she 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 showed me this TikTok where it was this this girl. One of her favorite trends on TikTok are vegetarian girls trying to trick their meat-eating boyfriends. And so this girl, in order to like get her boyfriend to not eat meat because he was really craving a steak, she made him a fillet of black beans, <laughs> grilled it, doused it in, in steak sauce, and served it to him. And I was like, "That's so." He's gonna know as soon as the fork just like sinks it's in. gonna go in. It's, it's gonna. gonna... <laughs> Filet of beans. You just loaf. <laughs> and she was like, she's not gonna know the difference. Yes, you will. Beans taste and have a different texture than beef. It's gonna, they're gonna fall apart, dude. <laughs> so I'm just I'm like, so, just so fucking funny. The other one was this guy was really craving. And here's the thing. I love Satan wings. I think I think it's a really delicious uh it's it's a gluten protein. Uh or, or it's a wheat protein. I, I think it's delicious. I really it's it's easy to make, it's easy to cook with as well. But this girl, her boyfriend said he's really craving hot wings, so she made him Satan wings. I'm like, as someone who loves Satan wings, if you're craving hot wings, that's not gonna satisfy you. No, not at all. Because we've bought well, we've bought cauliflower hot wings at target and while they are pretty good they're if you if we want like hot wings it's not it's not going to do the same thing no actually so there's this this is vegan place here kitty when you come to new orleans you got to check it out it's called sweet soul food it's vegan soul food and it is delicious and they do have some fantastic cauliflower dishes um i like beyond meat share uh, i need to I, try the beyond meat i want to give it a try it sounds pretty good I think I think it's delicious. I think that people were trying to discredit it because they were dishonest with their intentions. They were like, "This isn't a healthy alternative to meat. It's barely fewer calories and it's high in sodium." It's like no one said it's a healthier alternative to meat. They said it's a meat alternative. Right. So, like, I mean, the, the uh, see, I disagree, Lisa. But then again, we disagree on um on mushrooms, so we're good to go. But um, I like it. I, I like the Beyond patties a lot. I think they're fantastic. I think they're delicious, and it's not like I eat. It's not like if I were eating meat, I would eat burgers for health. So why would I eat Beyond Burgers for health? Like, I'm not lying to myself and saying this is a healthy meal. It's saying it's a burger replacement. All right, guys, we're going to get fired up. Let's do this. Let's get fired up. Please pay attention to all my socials, all my channels. Yeah, Make Gary, we're paying attention. We're paying attention to everything. Don't worry. On making sure, A, that everybody part of this community, my OG 
social media content. Oh, gee, Ox, what is this art? <laughs> it's very cute. You see the way I structured this. This isn't just the art. There's a lot of access and community and a lot of fucking thoughtfulness. Months and months in the making. Uh, uh, what is, is this like his fans fan art that is sent to him or something? It's very cute. Yeah, he he posts a lot of like these animal pictures that are that are like a, a li animal alliterations. Yeah, and uh, he he always asks for people's input on them. Like he she shares them all the time. So I, I hope that they're fan art, and not him drawing, because I do agree. I think they're cute. I like them. I think they're super cute. Um, uh, share Queen of Spade. Whoever else is is doing doing fan art, send us some some fan art to show like we're Gary V on the stream. So we could have the, what is this? The thoughtful three-horned. Give us your that. squiggles. Oh God, we have some, we, we have a funny steak story from Caroline. Okay, let's take a look. My husband thought for the longest time that A1 sauce was called Al sauce. His name is Alexander. <laughs> My grandpa calls him Al. So he was so crushed when he found out the truth. Oh, oh that's very cute. <laughs> that, that was a lot more innocent than I thought it was going to be. In France, they have le air fooding, translates to the air diet. It's real, like you pretend to chew food and swallow it. Yeah, in France, they think cigarettes are a healthy diet. So I, I, I can believe it. Oh, yeah, Paige, send a pic. Paige the puppet. All right, Gary. Oh, yeah, it does look like it's signed by him. Are these his drawings that he signs and then sends to people? Or does he? I don't know. Hmm. See, when I make drawings, I just put them on merch. Maybe maybe I need to not monetize so much. Maybe that's what Gary's teaching me. Yeah, he says... May 5th, be ready. Have your MetaMask filled with as much Ethereum as you can afford. We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay, see, that's my problem. Gary, he's yeah, he's yeah, trying to Gary. sell something. He's telling people to buy as much Ethereum as possible in order to buy it. So he's telling them to buy a volatile uh, coin to mm -hmm. purchase his NFT with a volatile coin. And it's... I don't, oh, wait, I didn't release the sensitive BLT shirt. Okay, wait, I need to do that like today. I'm sorry. I forgot to put it. I just forgot to list it on the merch store. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my bad. I made it. I just forgot to list it on the merch store. But um, yeah. My, okay, sorry. So, We're going to talk about the NFT. Yeah. No, so I guess it's it's not really a problem. I, I can see it. I don't know if what he is doing is wrong or not. It's just raising some red flags. Like I can understand him wanting to get paid in crypto because it's an appreciating value and he wants to get crypto. Um, and I can understand him entering the game by, game by designing his own NFT and selling it to his fans. Where I get a little iffy is if he's introducing people to crypto for the first time, he's telling them to buy a volatile coin just so they can purchase an NFT that they don't understand the meaning behind. They just know that he made it. He told them to buy it. And he's doing a hard sell on this daily, telling people to stack up on their Ethereum so they can purchase this NFT and get into it. That's where I'm getting a little iffy on it. Right, right. And I think after we get motivated, we have we both have a lot of, we have a love-hate relationship with Gary Vee, or not love-hate, we just have mixed feelings. I've have, liked him more than I disliked him. I have throughout my, throughout my life as someone <clears throat> who has sought business advice from experts, I have liked him more than disliked him. However, there are a few things he's done that have raised some red flags, which is why I can't say that he's someone who's entirely good. So let's continue. He showed me. Millennials, it's me, Gary Vee. I am ridiculously humbled by having this quick opportunity to say- He looks younger. I think good. it was just the light, guys. How are you? Okay, wait, I love his shelves behind him, too. 
Like, he's a cool dude. I love his aesthetic. Like, I, cool. I would actually like, I, I would take like house modeling. <laughs> like, I, I mean, this is kind of how our house looks, actually. I'm not going to lie. the beanie, though? Oh, I'm not wearing a beanie. Oh, it's because I had just got out of the shower. Hold up. Let me put on a beanie. Gary's not wearing a beanie. That's what I was asking. I was asking what happened to the beanie. Why is he looking like uh, the villain in Winter Soldier? All right. Now we both got beanies. So we're like Gary V now. Um, but no, this is actually what most of our house kind of looks like. Like even down to like the, the wood and the, the pipes. Like Tyler built his desk in the basement out of this wood and pipes connected like that. And then um, the way that the stuff is organized, like, I, I don't know, dude, I feel like I kind of been connecting with his house. He should, Queen of Spade, I agree. He should do decorating tips. I'm, he probably doesn't decorate his own house, though. He's very oh, rich. Cher, no, no one is ever entirely good. Um, I agree with you. Or not Cher, uh, Patricia. Uh, Patricia, yeah, no, no uh, one's ever t entirely good and at that. I don't Other know than if Paige he's bad. the puppet, Paige yeah. is all good. And I don't know if he's bad for this either. I, I genuinely don't. I'm saying I have red flags when you're, when your entire existence, no, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm going to cut him out of the equation entirely. I get red flags when you're telling people to invest in crypto, to pay you in crypto, because these people might not necessarily have been in crypto before. They don't necessarily understand the risks that they're getting into and who knows how much he's asking them to buy. And Ethereum's like, if he's asking, I don't know how much this is going to cost, but if he's asking to buy an entire Ethereum token to purchase this, that's over $3,000. Like that's not a small ask. So I don't know how much he's asking them to buy. I don't know how much, he, but he's telling them to load up. He's not giving them a value yet, which could arguably be driving up the price before he releases his NFT. I don't know all of the variables yet. And so therefore, I don't know if what he's doing is right or wrong. I understand he's looking to make money on this. That's the one thing I know for absolute certainty. And I don't think that's inherently wrong either. I'm just getting some red flags and some bad vibes. Yeah, and I think that um, we, we both have, um, like we said, a lot of mixed feelings on him. So I think we're, we'll have some interesting things to talk about because I, I, I found him like two years ago and was a fan at first and I'm still a fan of some of the things, but have had certain things he said and done that I have completely disagreed with. So, of course, we will talk about all of that. But Gary, are you going to motivate us or what? Uh, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, no, it's, uh, he's not. I watched this yesterday. It doesn't uh, go I'm anywhere. Jets fan. He, he doesn't motivate I'm a us. Jersey boy that was born in the Soviet Union that uh, is very grateful and driven. No, this, this is not a good video. I watched this yesterday. Well, why is he saying that this rant is going to fire us up for the next nine years if he's because he gonna... under because he understands clickbait. He understands titles. I mean, he's <sighs> really he's really internet savvy. He's he's a brilliant he's a brilliant marketer. Like he's really good at what he does. I don't think and he also is a great motivator, which is why you would trust him when he says this is gonna motivate. Yeah, he says he's gonna motivate me in this video. And so far all he's done is talk about himself. And I'm which like, is all this video is going to be. Is that really it's all like if I skip around, he's only gonna talk about himself? Each other, helping each other really makes my heart smile. I have very little time, so let me just get right to the chase. Get to it. Life is about perspective. At 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 years old, I was stocking shelves and ringing up people for wine purchases at, there we go. There's wine the wine. Purchases <laughs> at a liquor store. Most people in their early 20s, greatest mistake is not understanding how young they are. As a matter of fact, as all of you are looking for jobs or figuring out a post COVID world or sad that you missed graduation or spring break. The reality is you have a hundred years of life in front of you. You haven't even- Gary said it, we're gonna live a hundred more years. 
I mean, I hope we live more than that. I hope we live 120 more years. Well, that's what we're going to live to what? 156? 156. 156. Okay. Or, we or, got, one, or 143. I we mean, gotta get, Mr. Oh, Rogers oh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm fine with living 13 fewer years. If it means that. You say that until we hit 140 and we're like, holy shit. We're like, holy what? shit. I don't want to just, I, I'm not ready to go. Well, I want like, 156 again. <laughs> <laughs> that's perspective. We, we think 143 so far off. And then we get there. And we're like, oh shit, how I'm going to die. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Maybe 156. We can get that as a tattoo. Only if you want. We can get 156 as a tattoo. I mean, I think we should make that a Sean Boston thing too. Then it can double. Yeah. 156 is um, Sean Boston's weight when he's not ripped. You want hit 156 to be, cause he's a puppet. So, so he was two feet tall, 156 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well because i always pictured sean boston as kind of a skinny dude until he gets until he works out um i mean i see him as a puppet now yeah sean boston's well in the in the movie adaptation sean boston will definitely be played by a puppet also this was a fantastic place to stop the video yeah, I love his face right here. We always talk about people who, when you pause, some people just look very beautiful, no matter what, when you pause on them. He looks other so people, excited. Other people do not. I like, he's just, he's like. He looks ah. like a rocket. He's, he's, he's about to, he's supposed to go to the fucking room. He's about to take off. <laughs> I love it. You see so much, like, I think this sums him up pretty well. He's just a constant full tank of gas. Like, he, he's, he's constantly full potential, ready to just explode. I love it. All right, Gary, explode. Tell us about it. I expect that when I click this button, he's going to be like, That's exactly not... what's going to happen. Started. Oh, wow. Having that was a really out big by letdown. 25, 27, 30 is ridiculous. The anxiety that people feel at 30. As a matter of fact, it is literally D-Rock's 30th birthday today. And he's never felt younger because he's been in a cocoon of my world for the last half decade, right? You've never felt younger. Right, and these characters. D Rock is my baby. I've raised him. I put him in a cocoon. He's literally my baby. He calls me daddy. 22, 23, 19, 20. You haven't even started. I don't want to hear that you can't get a job. Enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your vacation. And by the way, you have no money and you can't enjoy? Get six roommates. Like, you're a kid. Do not listen to your parents or society that you have to have it figured out. Can you pause it's it for a second? True. Yeah. What he did right there was brilliant. He clearly defined his audience. Um, nothing's yes. gonna, nothing's going to attract you, uh, a, a someone in their mid twenties to mid thirties more than being told that they are young and independent and still full of potential. I mean, he's basically taking on the position that our middle school teachers took on right now by mostly focusing on the encouragement. Um, and he clearly defined it because he said he clearly said their age and then said, you're a kid. So I think what he did right there was a really good demonstration of how you clearly define your audience. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I know it, it's working on me. I, I'm always getting afraid that like, oh man, am I going to be too old to be, you know, successful on YouTube soon? Am I not cool anymore? But he's like, no, you're 28. You're still a baby. And that's and the best like, thing oh, you can do. I'm a baby. Aw. That, that's the best thing you can do is to make your audience feel special. And I think he does a great job of that. I will say, I would love to have six roommates. 
I know you want a we we live pod. I want to live in a well. I'd rather live in a in a house with six roommates or an apartment with six room. Like, dude, I get what he's saying, but the also like you don't have a job, get six roommates. I mean, that, that that's not really a feasible solution for everybody. Like, just in the sense that like not ha- like some people need a job and they need a job now, otherwise they're gonna die or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is very like it. It kind of centers one experience, which is I don't know. I don't know. Brianna but, married young, so I don't think I can get six roommates. I need to work. I mean, you could just like adopt six kids and have them help you work. That's totally wrong and you shouldn't do it. I mean, I'm married, but every once in a while I'm like, Tyler, can we get six roommates, please? And he'll be like, no. So oh, wait, so is it six roommates or is it six people in an apartment? So you would be four more roommates. Either way, I'd I'd be happy to have it happen, you know? I don't know. I I have a dog and a girlfriend. I think I think I'm good. I could maybe get another dog. I don't know why I said maybe. I could definitely get another dog. Because then they could babysit each other. That's about yeah. it. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Telling me to enjoy my re- vacation isn't realistic because I've had to work and support myself since I was 21. I didn't get a vacation, right? Yeah, it really, like, I know he's saying, like, oh, you don't have money? Get six roommates. Like, okay, but not everyone has like any kind of safety net, you know? And you know, a lot of, I don't know. It just, it just feels like it's, but again, he's not going into the specifics. He's just trying to motivate young people who, Oh, this is, I have no issue with what he's saying right here. I just think he's clearly defining his audience right now. I mean, this advice isn't going to, it's not for ever. It's not even really advice. This is, it's, it's not for everyone. It's, it's a, it's, um, it's more for him to further cement the people that really love him. When does this come out? April 30th? Yeah, this is this is more for him to get out a piece of content and energize his fan base that he then clearly defines so that they buy Ethereum and then buy his NFT. Yeah, uh, and Queen of Spain makes a good point. Like, if you're even if you're in your early 20s, what if you already have kids? You can't say, oh, enjoy your vacation. Like, people in their 20s have children to support. There are young parents out there who might have to support their children and need a job because there are other people relying on them. So it just seems like I understand that, like what you're saying is he's clearly defining his audience, which is people in their mid twenties with no children who are concerned about not having a job right now. That is specifically the audience he's defining. Don't stop me now. Let's hit the play button. K, you heard the space Most of your bar. your parents have not had it figured out ever, let alone at 22, 23. Take a breath. Be grateful that you're alive and are watching this video. Gratitude of what you have All right, I'm grateful versus for that. crying about what you don't have. Good Most advice. of you are stressed about getting a job and then you're gonna have a job in six months and you're not even gonna like it. Take a breath. I gave up all my 20s to build a big wine store for my dad and mom. I spent my 20s into my early 30s getting underpaid for what I was doing for their business because it's a family business to set them up proper. And then at 34, kind of started the career that you know me for now. Think about that. 34, 34, that's 100 years away. Zillennials, you are sitting in the best spot. You are in the most fortunate spot. See, everyone- NFTs, social media. Dude, all um, these, whenever people- Soft call to action. All these bros get mad at me for talking with my hands too much on YouTube. And I'm like, dude, look at Gary Vee. Look at Gary Vee, man. He is he is miming everything. He's like pointing to his head, pointing to his face. He's just like all over it, which is fine. 
nothing wrong with talking with your hands. It's just people criticize me for it. But let, let, let's break this down real quick. What, what yeah. has this video been? It's been energizing his core demographic. It's mm -hmm. been identifying it. It's been energizing it. It's been saying you have so many opportunities ahead of you. And what was the first opportunity he said? NFT. And now what is he going to be selling to them six days after this video came out? An NFT. This was a call. This video was a call to action. This video was an energized call to action. Yeah, dude. This uh, it's a, this is kind of shady. I won't lie. This is pretty shady. I don't, I don't know if it, again. I don't know if it's shady. Like I, I can see why it gives shady vibes. I don't like. I just don't know. I don't know enough about the project itself. I don't know if it's shady or not. I it, it could be shady. It, it could turn out to be very shady. Yeah, I get it's just a marketing tactic, but it really is like. It seems almost like it's preying on people's insecurities. And, and subliminally planting the idea that they need to buy his thing to overcome it. I can see that. I can definitely say because it's almost like saying, guys, you have your whole lives ahead of you. You have all these opportunities like NFTs, which happen to be dropping in six days. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk about NFTs in just a moment. Uh, Caroline, I'll make sure that we go over that because I am not arcane almost more way more about NFTs than I do, but I've just heard about them a little bit. Influencers, Shopify, Commerce, Spotify, SoundCloud, creativity everywhere. People needing people that understand social everywhere. People needing people filming and recording and editing and writing everywhere. Entrepreneurship opportunity everywhere. And if you do everything wrong for the next seven, eight, nine years, everything wrong, you're still then young to go conservative or safe or back to school or stop. People's relationship with time is their greatest vulnerability. And my great hope is in these five minutes, I've changed the framework or started the spark or the seed for you to get much more thoughtful about the reality of you and your age and where you are in your life cycle. This doesn't mean be lazy and chill on the couch. Have ambition and conviction, but have patience and humility. You worrying about what everybody else thinks of your success is your vulnerability, put these fingers in your ears, live for you, be high risk now, Ooh. Ooh. because it's actually practical. Be high That's risk a red flag. Now. That's a red There's flag. Be high risk now. I'm dropping be an NFT tomorrow. Be high risk now, guys. That, 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 see that, and that, that, that's a red flag for me. That's He's a telling red them, flag. That's yep. a major red flag. Um, so you, you can't say be high risk and then drop a risky product. Right. It's, 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 it's not a hard sell, but it's almost the fact that it's not a hard sell that's making people feel more trusting of him. Well, this, this isn't a hard sell. He's been doing hard sells, though, all over social media, especially right. his Instagram. So this is not a hard sell, but they've been hearing I'm dropping an NFT May 5th constantly. Right. Like, if you I, scroll down to the comments, comments, I bet you see some May 5th. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, I will agree with Queen of Spades saying I would rather frat boys look up to Gary Vee than Jordan Peterson. I agree. Me too. Um. Because uh, I feel like his advice is better. Um, okay, honestly, I mean, a lot of these comments seem to be about, about the motivation. The motivation. Oh, this it's the NFT stuff right here. Well, fair enough. So it's not it's not filled with it. But if you go to his Instagram, it's filled with it at least. That much I do know for sure. And he just had a, a live last night on Instagram talking about his NFT drop as well. Um Sorry, I'll, I'll stop talking because I, I I did cut you off. So I'll let you go. 
No, we're 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 fine. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about NFTs because I'm not good at them or know much about them. But supposedly, unless he delays it, supposedly Gary V is going to be dropping an NFT tomorrow. Yeah, and fuck off! This is creating FOMO. Guess where I'm going? The moon. He's the fucking about, moon. Like oh he's talking. God, he's talking about, yeah, that, that, that's total FOMO. And then you can, then you compound that with that video, and it's like, guys, you're young. Take make take some risks. And then, so he's, so he does take some risks and then he creates FOMO. Sorry. No, I think we should give some background. Yes, yes, we're matching today. It wasn't even intentional, but we're matching. We're so cute. Um, so NFTs, dude, um, there's non-fungible tokens. Uh, RK knows a lot more about crypto in general than I do. So do you want to just give everyone, uh, you could explain it way better. I'm no expert on NFTs, but yeah, they're non-fungible tokens, which means they're, they're, they're non-replicate. You can't replicate them. They're, they're pretty much one of a kind as opposed to cryptocurrencies, which you can create more of and you can replicate. So non-fungible tokens or NFTs are things that you could see people creating one of a kind art for and selling, um, selling for uh so that, that that's pretty much it like the, there's this augmented art that's pretty pretty popular that are nfts they're nft token uh they're nft tokens used to purchase these arts um and that's pretty much it it's creating it's creating scarcity and driving up price by creating one of a kind or limited edition artwork uh so i think it's cool i definitely think it's a cool platform um i have no issue with the concept of the philosophy behind it i have the issue with someone telling others to take a risk and then buy their nft what I'll say so far, I, again, I'm not I'm not an expert on NFTs. I don't know everything about them, but from everything I've seen so far, I kind of understand the concept. But I also, I also think they're pretty dumb. Like I don't think they're like I, again. It's a thing where it's like if everyone want everyone has their own money in their own life and can spend whatever they want on their own whatever. Like you do you. I personally think they're pretty stupid. I think they're kind of a waste. You think NFTs and crypto are a waste? I don't know if all crypto is a waste. I won't say in that for certain that it all is. I don't think I have enough knowledge to say that. Well, um, for NFTs, I guess I would just ask, like, do you, do you think like collectibles are a waste? Um, and that that's that that's where it starts to get a little tricky, right? Because I'm like, that's where I can from that perspective. That's why I say I can understand the concept behind NFTs because I I understand collectibles. I collect a lot of things. I get it. Um, uh, no, Joe, they can't be that. That's what makes them unique. They, they, they like legit can't be their code cannot be replicated. Their code can't be replicated, but the visual picture of art or the auditory song or whatever can be replicated. But the I'm not sure. And I, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I don't yeah, think you can screen record it. I don't seen, think. You, yeah, no, you can't screen record it, but it's like, okay, so let's say that, um, someone, an artist puts out a picture and says, uh, the picture, the picture is there connects to the nft they can we're, the, we're about to launch a crypto debate in the chat i see amanda saying crypto stupid and mushroom destroyer saying it's not i'm excited for that to come out <laughs> oh debate oh dude we should amanda versus mushroom destroyer we should get you guys on the on the tomorrow do you two want to debate on the stream about crypto that would be so fun yeah, I mean, I told you my thoughts on crypto. I fucking love it. I think there's nothing more punk rock than crypto. I, I think we've entered an era where finance is the most punk rock thing that we have. Every time you say that, I feel it's a little bit cringe, but I still love you. It's not cringe. It's true. Um, 
we, I mean, we are... okay, you you with the beanie on going, finance is the most punk rock thing. I'm like, you are you you seriously have embodied the whole Gary V right now. <laughs> Fair enough. But the difference is I'm not telling like if I tell people to buy crypto, it's not something I'm creating and it's not something that I'm oh, actively sure. making money on. But as far as like to back up my statement, and this wasn't this wasn't crypto, but this was Reddit finance and meme finance, which is directly related to cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin. We literally saw Reddit users take down a hedge fund. Uh, like that was cool, dude. That was punk. that was one of. Do you the want to tell me that's not punk rock? No, it absolutely is. You're absolutely right about that. That was one of the coolest things, and I was glad yeah. you did that live stream with me to talk about it. Uh, yeah, a couple I months mean, that, ago, we we literally saw a bunch of internet dweebs take down. I honestly thought more was going to come of that. The way that... More, we just got to be patient with it. Well, I just... I The way that it was being treated by the media, the way it was being treated by um, people who are these hedge fund apologists acting like, oh, this is this is a huge problem that now just anybody can do this. Like, it honestly seemed like the stuff revolutions come from. I thought we were going to have a whole French revolution from this kind of thing. Um, because this was like, like it was legitimately the most obvious class warfare that I had seen, like as b that blatant. Like class warfare happens all the time, but this was like very in your face with the rich people being like, "This is only okay when we do it," and yeah, basically even, admitting it. But even the French Revolution took years from like the arrests of the royalty to the actual executions and shit. So if we want to go on the that French metaphor, didn't have Twitter. Fair, but I'm I'm just, I'm just saying like uh. I know by definition revolutions happen all at once, but they also take time. Um, and I, I do think that to say we're not undergoing a financial revolution with crypto right now. I mean, Coinbase just got listed as a publicly traded company. That's huge. Um, PayPal is accepting vendors to like 36 million online vendors to be paid for with cryptocurrency. That's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, as far as like crypto being ruined by scammers, I mean, there are scammers out there, but I, I don't think it's been ruined whatsoever. I, th I think that you just have to be careful when you're investing in DeFi currencies, um, which you have to be careful with when you're investing in small cap companies on the S&P 500, like not on the S because they're not listed on the S&P 500. I was just say like in stocks or over the counter stocks. Um, so that was a slip of the tongue when I said S&P, but you have to be like, you have to be careful when you're investing in small listed companies in the Russell 2000 and shit like that. So do I think scammers have ruined crypto? No. Do I think scammers are out there? Absolutely. They are, but they're, they're not difficult to find. I mean, I got a scammer tell, calling me, telling me my car warranty is expired. I don't think they want crypto. I just think they want my information. <laughs> yeah. And this is a good point people are bringing up. So I think, I think that I don't necessarily think that crypto is all bad. I do think that there, it is breeding a, a generation of Instagram scammers who want to slide into your DMS and, yeah, what Kitty's saying, the crypto, yeah, this crypto scammer sliding in my DMs like MLM Huns. Yep, it, it's been happening. A lot of it's been happening. Yeah, um, but I don't think that's ruined crypto. I think that's just, I mean, the, the, like, that's a different entity than crypto. That's just people who are scammers. Let's see. They're not directly linked to crypto. They're just using crypto as an opportunity to scam. If it wasn't crypto, it would be something else. I'm going to do some reading on crypto so that I understand a little better before we talk about it tomorrow. Cause I don't want to give anyone, any, I know that you have a, a much more knowledge than I do. I don't want to give anyone any misinformation. I don't think I have like a great understanding. I know enough to avoid scams and that's pretty much yes. it. And that's um, the thing though, is like, do most people know enough to avoid scams? 
I think if you invest on a reputable platform and you're not entering DeFi, the chances of you getting scammed are pretty slim. It's still a volatile market, um, but there are some range bound cryptos that you can take advantage of. Um, I'm not going to list names because I don't, I just because I work in finance, even though I know it's different with crypto, I still feel iffy about telling people like publicly what I look to do or invest in. But uh, I'll, I'll just straight up say like if you dollar cost average, which is a conservative investment strategy and you apply that to crypto, I mean, you're, you're mitigating your risk. You're, you're investing the same time every week or every month. Uh, so therefore on downs, you're buying on dips on ups, you're buying at a premium, but it's still ultimately going to even out over the course of a year. And that's probably the most conservative strategy that if anyone wants to get into crypto, they can start doing. And you can set up on Coinbase pretty easily. Um, and it just automatically makes the poll for you. I'm pulling up some, like, I think tomorrow. Since God, Kitty is coming for me today. The flexitarian shit, the crypto shit. Um, Kitty, <laughs> we're fighting. Supposedly Gary B's um, NFT is going to drop tomorrow. And even if it doesn't, we can still talk about NFTs more. I'm pulling up articles to read and, and discuss about NFTs for tomorrow. Not for today, because today we still need to go into, into Gary V as a whole and back. talk about, okay, we'll be right back. Um, uh, talk about uh, Gary V in general and who he is as a person. So right now we're reading one of his books, which we can discuss at the end of the week, like we usually do. And RK has started reading it. I just downloaded it on Audible last night. The book is called, what is it called? Hold up. It's called The Thank You Economy. So we're reading The Thank You Economy. Um, RK has a lot of thoughts on it already. I haven't started it yet. And it'll be interesting to read. Um, I, I appreciate that Gary Vee is very open about the fact that he uses a ghostwriter. So when we review his book, we won't be really critiquing the writing itself or anything because he didn't do it. But we'll just be kind of talking about the concepts and the ideas in it. Um, but yeah, so Gary Vee is someone I've always had some mixed feelings about. I did on my channel a few months, maybe a year, maybe a year ago now, who knows? Time means nothing in the pandemic. So a year ago or so, I did this video that was like business guru tier ranking. And in that video, I was, I did one of those tier ranking charts, which I'm going to do another one of those again soon, but about business books. So that'll be fun. But I did one where I was tier ranking people and none of them were up top in S tier because all these people have plenty of issues. But I did put Gary Vee pretty high up um, because I thought that, you know, he's actually been someone who I found some value from. You know, back when um, I was just kind of getting started with my business, I would watch a lot of his videos and I thought his approach to content marketing was really smart. I always thought the way that he would talk about like... Um, you know, the concept of like make 20 pieces of content out of one piece of content. And that's what we were kind of talking about yesterday. That's one thing that we do on this show, which is, you know, we do this hour, hour and a half long live stream every morning. That's one piece of content. Then we go and we upload it onto Spotify and Apple podcasts. Then we take little clips of it. RK takes some clips of it and puts it on our YouTube channel. It's like YouTube shorts. There's like clips thing there. And then we put those clips also onto our Instagram. And then we also put them onto our TikTok. So we're, we're basically taking this one piece of content and, and spreading it out to all of these places, but taking care to edit it or alter it slightly so that it is in the format that is best suited for that type of platform. So that's one thing that he, that I, I gained from Gary Vee towards the beginning was that like when I was trying to first build up my social media for forever home friends and that kind of thing, 
is looking at, okay, if I take some cute videos of Chewy, can I make this into an Instagram thing? Can I take, can I use some pictures or stills from this in an email newsletter? Like all of these things, what can I do to take what I have and get the most use out of it and reach the most people with it? So I, I definitely thought that that was a good piece of advice. And he was definitely someone who kept me fired up to keep posting more things. And as you guys know, I post a lot of things, right? I'm on this live stream every morning. I post about two videos a week on my main channel, which are like pretty in-depth videos. I do uh, live streams on my channel as well. So I'm like, I'm, I'm posting stuff all the time. And it honestly has been the most helpful thing for growing my career as a writer is and as a business owner has been the fact that when you post a lot of things. So I think it's almost like we got to combine it with when we talked about Seth Godin last week, we can kind of combine it with his piece of advice, which is like, because if we're doing just Gary V's thing, where you're like posting 20 pieces of content out of every one piece of content, posting a million times a day, just ev posting all the time, but you're just throwing them into the void. Like you're just going to annoy people at that point, either that or just no one's going to follow you. It's like, whatever, no one's going to care. But if you're doing it the way like that Seth Godin talks about as well, which is building that community, finding that core group of people that are interested, you know, making genuine connections with everyone. Um, and then on top of that, once you're making those genuine connections, you're also posting all of those things constantly. Then it really starts to have that compounding effect. That's what I've noticed as I've been growing my YouTube channel a lot. And I definitely think, um, I remember a one Gary V speech I was watching about two years ago and someone from his audience was like, my business's Instagram is not doing very well. And he's like, well, when's the last time you thanked your audience for something? And he's like, what? And he's like, Oh, did you put up a picture? Someone commented and said, good picture. Did you reply to them? Did you interact with your audience? And I think that got me like, yes, this is the thing where we need to, we need to do this. So I definitely gained a lot of value from watching those things. However, I will say that the main thing I didn't like when watching a bunch of Gary Vee's um, podcasts, YouTube speeches, whatever at that time was that he does fall into that toxic positivity mindset a lot, at least from what I've noticed, where he he talks a lot about like, don't spend time criticizing other people. Don't waste time shit talking other business owners. If you're going to be successful you need to be working 24 seven. So you won't even have time to criticize other people. And I firmly disagree. I mean, we, half the time we criticize business gurus on this show, we're shit talking people all the time. But this, this is actually helpful for gaining a community of people who is also interested in having those discussions. So I think that I think that the whole like, staying positive and never never criticizing or talking about the negativity of things is a difficult is a bad mindset to be in just that's just my opinion so when he said those things i'm like mm, that's a piece of advice from you that i'm not going to take i don't like that but the content marketing advice i found to be very good so that was my overall background experience with gary v and rk's back so you can tell me your thoughts on gary v overall too well, first, I saw that Bet Marie asked me a question directly. I don't want to derail the conversation away from Gary Vee too much, but I'll happily talk to you about crypto whenever you would like. I'll just say to your comment, um, wherever. Okay, RK, how do you address the crypto is intrinsically valueless and thus the price is just derived from future buyers? Um, I would say it, it's not it's not intrinsically valueless. So that right there, I would disagree with because it has a limited supply. So therefore, it does have value in its scarcity. Um 
you could make the argument that it's overvalued and I probably wouldn't have much of a defense. Uh, but I, I do disagree that it's intrinsically valueless. Uh, so that, that's all I have to say on that. Um, as far as Gary V himself, oh yeah, for tomorrow. Fantastic. Um, as far as Gary V himself, uh, I just always found his advice on content creation and using especially that long form content to create multiple short form contents to yes. be incredibly valuable. So I was saying, uh, that's what we do here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we're, it's a lot more efficient um, and it's how you can sort of start operating as if you have a team without actually having one, because in order to uh, make an imprint online, uh, it's important to, create regular content and that's really difficult to do on your own. Um, it's rather intimidating too. Uh, and you have to learn a lot of skills that you did not go to school for and don't have much of a background in. I mean, pretty much everything I know about being online is self-taught. I know you studied some movie things, but you didn't study like social media. So I assume most of what you learned is, uh, um, is self-taught online as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media is a pretty cool place because you do find a lot of people. While I don't necessarily know what all of our final intentions are, we know that we fairly know that when you post, you're looking for attention, and you know that in order to get there, you probably were self-taught, which means that you you are actively learning and trying to improve yourself to some degree. So it's kind of a cool place when you think of it like that. Um, I mean, even the people that have anonymous profiles and trolls, they have found that they get attention by operating in that capacity and that took some trial and error. So therefore they're still learning and actively researching as well. It's, it's a, it's a wild place to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know one topic we'd been talking about with Gary V in the past was that, um, there was a, a, a podcast that CoffeeZilla put out on his podcast channel, The Drift, where he interviewed... Mike Winnett and Mike Winnett is another, you know, exposing scammers kind of YouTuber. He's pretty cool. And he had a meeting with Gary V and did a, a vlog that was like, I had a meeting with Gary V. And then he did an interview on the drip podcast to talk about that meeting. And when we listened to that podcast, we had a few red flags about Gary V there, but, and then I did a live stream of a couple weeks ago with the channel always marco who's also a cool guy who does anti-mlm stuff we did a live stream together and we had shared our differing views on gary v and what that meant for him so basically the summary is um if you want to have a meeting with gary v you have to pay him fifteen thousand dollars and that's where i started to be like that seems a little shady to me however it's like well if someone's willing to pay fifteen thousand dollars and that's what he values that your hour-long meeting or whatever at then like i mean is that really my place to judge i don't know but then again the other kind of element in there is that a lot of people go into these meetings thinking they're going to pitch him on something that he could potentially invest in and I don't know if he ever actually does invest in these things. And on top of that, it doesn't really matter because paying someone to hear your investment pitch is already kind of weird. But I'm like, is it is it a scam in the purest sense? I don't know. Do most people who are doing these meetings actually think that they're going to get an investment from him? Or are they going into this thinking that they're just paying a lot of money to get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone like you would pay for a VIP ticket at a concert for a celebrity or something? I don't know. And that's where I'm like, there's a lot of gray area here that I'm not really sure about. So what were your thoughts on that whole, whole topic? 
I, I think as far as the fifteen thousand dollars for a, a pitch meeting is a little sketchy because it's also not in the it's not in the best interest of that business, um, unless they get the money. But there's no guarantee for that. I mean, what do you get from a one on one meeting with Gary Vee if he doesn't invest in your business? You just lose fifteen thousand dollars for um, an experience. It was also weird to be told that Mike Winnett's people couldn't record. I believe that was said, but Gary Vee's were was was that said in the video? I'm not or sure. Was, if that, I remember well because Mike put out a a vlog about it, but okay. I don't know if that was. I, I assume that he recorded the vlog unless unless he I'm, 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 I might have I might have been mixing him up with the, with the YouTube boxing because I saw that um I saw that with YouTube boxing they didn't allow some people to record. And they allowed gotcha. others too. So yeah, I might have mixed that I up. I don't think that happened there, but I think what happened was. Because um, Mike, when it was talking to Gary Vee about the potential of like, could we make a Netflix series about exposing scammers and exposing, you know, in the business guru industry, people who are preying on people. And Gary Vee was like, yeah, I have contacts at Netflix. Let's make it happen. However, Gary Vee was like, I have to be portrayed as the good guy, though. I'm not one of the scammers. You can't make me look like that. It was very like, which I mean, I guess that's his right to say that. It's just, I, it's, I basically have mixed feelings about it. I don't have like a, this is explicitly right or wrong kind of thing. It's a very like, I'm not sure kind of situation. I don't think he's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it, it's, it's just something doesn't feel right about it. But at the same time, it's not like I'm going to say he's wrong for saying that, especially because it's his contact. But also if he's connecting them to Netflix, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't say this guy's a bad guy. Um, he, he got them their Netflix show. Sure, but scammers. it's also like it's supposed to be an unbiased look at things. You know? No, I'm saying if yeah. he didn't say anything, if he just got them, the net, if he just connected them to Netflix, I'm saying they would have unbiasedly said that he's a good guy. He helped them get the show off the Potentially, ground. unless they were, it went to one of his conferences. I think they also went to one of his, con not his conferences. He doesn't throw conferences, but he was speaking at someone else's conference that they went to. Um, all all yeah. I was saying is it, it, actions tend to speak pretty loud that that was my point like i, I can't yeah, imagine I that impact like and that, and that also fits into his advice of uh he's point blank says you get further in life if you focus on being a good person than getting attention do you think that's true yeah i do i i, I absolutely think that's true i, I think that if you if you, uh, i think he was absolutely right when he said that if you focus on being if you focus as much on being a good person as you do on getting likes, you'll get further on social media. I think that's 200% true. Or maybe not further on social media, but further in life. Yeah, I guess that depends what your life goals are because getting further in life could mean a lot of things. Um, in terms of what's going to make you the most money, I don't think that being a good person necessarily will. We've followed a lot of people here who are rich as hell, but they're really shitty people. So. Yeah, Um that, but then we have to talk about sustainable wealth as well. I mean, we haven't seen the end of their life story. That's true. Maybe Tony Robbins is about to collapse. Who knows? Maybe Grant Cardone. Oh, I guess Grant Cardone did go bankrupt pretty recently, actually. So. Well, he's being investigated for lying to shareholders. Oh, which, uh, <laughs> good. Glad yes. to hear it, yeah. So, or he was, at least. Let me look that up real quick before I make a claim. Because I know he was. Grant Cardone uh, lying to shareholders. As far as uh, it's, yeah, we haven't like acquiring wealth and sustaining wealth are two different things. Okay, so it's it's it, this was back in October. Cardone Capital, um, Cardone Capital's April twenty April twenty twenty, so a year ago. Cardone, Cardone Capital's fraudulent bankruptcy announcement. Yeah, so that's a year ago. 
Okay. Um, but I like I don't know. I I I'm more like Gary Vee than I dislike him. But that being said, I think that he is right now, as you mentioned earlier, playing into insecurities of people who are maybe feeling lost in life and want to take that risk to feel like they've accomplished something and he's going to give them the product and the motivation to buy that product. Right. I think that Gary V overall has, he's always come across and this could just be the image that he's curating, but he does come across as, as more honest, I think than a lot of the other gurus we've looked at. And I think it's almost because he will outright admit like, like, I watched a Joe Rogan clip with him. I can't find it now, but I'll try to find it later. But there was a clip with him on Joe Rogan where he was talking to him and being like, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to be a motivational speaker, but people want to pay me to do it. So I'm like, all right, if you're going to pay me to do it, I'll be a motivational speaker. Sounds good. And I think that that's almost like, it's nice to hear that just because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm a motivational speaker because I I, I need to, I have this... I need to spread the motivation to everyone. So I don't know. It feels like a lot of people are more lying about their intentions. And he was kind of like, no, motivational speaking is dumb, but people want me to do it. So why wouldn't I do something that people want to pay me for? And I'm Which like, is totally fair. That's totally fair. You, Yeah, it's totally fair. Um, I, I think he, his, he does come across usually as more honest with his intentions. But then again, I don't know his life behind closed doors. So I don't know if he is truly being honest or if like we mentioned yesterday where you said there was um, the experiment where someone put up a sign that was like, um, need, need money for weed or need, need money, money for, my for weed. Yeah. And people, the, the illusion of honesty was what drew people in as opposed to like, in reality, the whole thing was just a YouTube experiment. So like, is Gary V drawing us in with an illusion of honesty or is he just actually being honest? I don't think we'll ever know. Which just sort of goes back to what we always talk about on this podcast or at the very least is always in the, um, I don't know, the, the atmosphere, the subconscious of this podcast, which is what's ultimately more powerful, uh, perception or reality. Uh, and I think we both come to the conclusion at this point in time that in order to acquire attention and growth, perception is infinitely more powerful than reality. Uh, perception of honesty is going to get you further online um, as an honest person than being an actual honest person. Perception of uh, wealth is going to get you further as a businessman online than the reality of it. But again, I think the reality, if you are really wealthy, then it doesn't fucking matter to you. Um, perception of fit, perception of basically what you want to be. We, we are currently living in a fake it till you make it existence. Yeah. And I think Gary Vee states that outright in his videos at the beginning, he's like, perception is everything. It's everything. It's everything. He He's pretty upfront about it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's happier or sad because on, on the one hand, it's, it's sort of sad that every, that you have to assume everyone's lying to you. Um, on the other hand, it's powerful because it tells you that you can literally do anything or sort of manifest anything. I mean, that, that's, that's the power of manifestation. You can, it's actually giving you a roadmap to fake it till you make it and manifest it. Um, which is both empowering and sad. Um, mm -hmm. it's also incredibly Western and American. Yes. Like there's nothing more American than saying this is mine and sort of like forcing your will um, on the universe that you're going to get it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I know it's good for the individual, but I, I don't know if what's good for the individual is good anymore. I, 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 I've really come to the conclusion that I don't know much. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us know that much. 
And that's why it's interesting to listen to all these different people, none of whom know that much either, but maybe they know one or two things that will take away from it. All, all I know is that uh, crypto is making people rich. <laughs> no, actually, it's kind of funny that we're talking about that. And then we talked about crypto because, again, talk about perception versus reality. Um, perception, of, uh, per perception of currency versus reality of currency. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with crypto. I, I don't have any way to know that. I, I don't usually trust people who talk about crypto, but I trust you. So. Well, I'm not trying to sell you anything, and right, I, I, I don't know. You're not telling me anything. We're just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, too, I also don't like invest all my money in crypto either. I, I have exposure to it the same way I have exposure to risky investments in the stock market. Um, it's more of a just in case. It's um, I at least sear. I at least yeah sear. I'm searing a stake with my crypto. Um, I at least see. Uh, the risk. And then I also see the, the need to, I mean, essentially with, when you diversify your investments, but all you're doing is mitigating non-systemic risk or non-systematic risk, no systemic. Um, but you don't want to go all in on any investment. Um, and I'm saying this as someone to, who's coming from a place of mitigating risk, not, not acquiring wealth. Like I, I true, my advice, you should know when it comes to investing. I'm not, I'm never going to tell anyone to buy a specific thing uh, for a number of reasons. But my advice is always on mitigating risk and building long-term growth uh, because I don't want anyone to come in with a false notion that if they do something, they are going to get rich even within a year, which I consider short-term. Like I'm saying, you keep this up and you do it. And then after a couple of decades, you're going to be good to go. Yeah, it's like investments, basically. Exactly. That, that That's my thought process. Like I, I would never want to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, you just, you just, I, I'd rather cut out the risk and give people a game plan for their life than to tell them go all in on something, be wrong and ruin their life. Yeah. I'm going to be doing some reading up today on uh, crypto and NFTs because I want to make sure I have uh, more research before we talk about them tomorrow. I know tomorrow we're going to talk a lot more about crypto and NFTs and hopefully Gary V will announce what his NFT is. Uh, I don't know if he will or not because now he's saying maybe he'll delay it. I hope he doesn't because I already made the thumbnail. So Gary, please, uh, I made the thumbnail already. But just if he delays it, just put a giant delay symbol over it. Yeah. It... But I, I, so anyway, we've been ignoring the comments. Let's, let's catch up on let's these. Let's take a look at the comments. Yeah. What's up guys? Um, yeah, there was actually a time in my life when I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I know that Patricia and Queen of Spade were both talking about the how I love public speaking. I think it's the most fun thing ever. I love it so much. And I was like, being a motivational speaker would be cool. But back when I was in high school, I didn't know anything about the motivational speaking industry and how, uh, how many issues there are there. But no, I can I definitely see the appeal of it. I think it would be really fun. Uh, I trust Mushroom Destroyer's boyfriend to talk about crypto way more than me. Uh, so if he wants to come on and talk about it, I'm all for that. Yeah, we uh, we also we'd love to have your boyfriend on the stream because I feel like I feel like we're all gonna get along really well. Okay, so here I caught up to where that last comment I talked I responded to by Bet Marie. Also, thank you so much, Bet, for always being here and always offering your input. Uh, we really it. appreciate it. You always bring the conversation forward. Uh, Queen of Spades can't figure crypto out. Claire says the dollar is value is valueless. Uh, 
fair, fair enough. Ever since it's been pulled off of uh, the gold standard, uh, it's not backed by any precious metals. It's just backed by uh, it's backed by our government. <laughs> America's ability to pay off its debt. Uh, legit, there's been robocalls that leave voicemails for your arrest. Dude, robocalls are terrifying. Um, they really are. And it's not for us because we know they're scams. It's terrifying because you know there are plenty of people out there, plenty of people who don't have their full mental uh, capacity or facilities, uh, and, and, they, and they're the ones that are at risk. And that, that's why it's just so terrifying. My grandma once got uh, almost, I mean, she thankfully hung up, but they got a bit of her information because uh, they, they, they called and they pretended to be me, and she accidentally t asked. She, they didn't say my name. But they, she said, it's your, it's your grandson. And she asked Ari, and then they had a name, and that was enough to convince her. Um, he wasn't that bad years ago. I don't even think he's that bad now. I don't know yet. I just think he's he's raising some red flags. Gary V is like, we're yeah, we're not saying he's awful. We're just getting a little skeptical of him. That's all. I think it's good to always be, be skeptical of people you're a fan of, be skeptical of people you hate and people you like. Yeah, like the Pelicans, they fucking suck. And I hate Van Gundy, and I hate David Griffin, and I think they're a bunch of overpaid losers. But I love RK's them. RK's even skeptical of me. He's like, Savvy, what are you doing? I'm skeptical no. of you. I'm not no, skeptical. He's, he's not skeptical of me. I'm basically like a puppy. Humans <laughs> make the value of cryptocurrency is similar to stocks, but you can mine your own too. Within, I mean, they're not similar to stocks. Stocks, you own equity in a company. Like, you can actually vote on the company. Uh, I'll say they... Yeah, I can't say that they're similar to stocks. I mean, they're 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 a risky investment, uh, but they do have. I, I would say that the ones that have a scarce amount, that have a limited amount, they do have value just in their scarcity. So therefore, I can't say they're valueless. Um, though I, some cryptos are going more into a stock realm. I know Algorand is just going away from daily rewards and into. Uh, they just announced that they're going to be doing governorship where you're actually able to vote on the future of it so it is going a bit more into an equity um into the decisions of their system uh and governors will be able to vote and then they they will be paid in their dividends every three months instead of daily but hopefully the dividends go up uh for, for their holders so th that maybe is going in a bit more of a direction of a stock but other than that i mean other cryptos like you're not going to tell me dogecoin is like a stock uh Joe, that actually sums up MLM comp plans, crypto and anything in life. I like that quote. What quote? I missed it. Oh, all I know is don't invest in something you don't understand. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that if you are interested in crypto, research it. And you don't have to understand. I would say if you want to get started in crypto, I'm sorry. Feel free to read the comments. Savvy. I'm not trying to hog it. No, it's uh, okay. You're saying a lot of interesting things. I'm just, I'm just here to listen. Oh, you're just greasing me. Also, Bet Marie saying I'm so skeptical of you. Say, guys, you guys can be skeptical of me. I know it was a joke, but like, feel free to because like, I don't ever want to. I don't ever want people to blindly follow me like I'm in a cult. I appreciate that I have people who will challenge me and tell me that they have a different opinion on something than I do. I think that's incredibly important for the growth of our show and the growth of us as people in our own perspectives and the how we help each other grow as we learn new things and all that. So yeah, everyone be if their advice say something that you're like, mm, I don't think that's true. Share your thoughts always. We are actually starting a cult guys. Sorry. Um... Sorry. We've been starting a cult this whole time. But as, as far as, as far as like, I, I mean, I ultimately agree with Joe, like know what you're investing in. And what I will say is don't go in assuming it's going to be scary. You don't have to understand all 
cryptocurrencies to get started. You can just research the basics of cryptocurrency as a whole and like blockchain. And then you can like just invest or not, not invest. You can, you can then research like one coin at a time. Don't feel like you have to know everything. Um, oh, speaking of which, this has nothing to do with crypto. I'm just going to quickly say, cause Savvy gave me permission to, and if you want to share the link in the stream, uh, it's give Nola day. It's our, oh, that's right. yes. I, I yes. just, I just shared it in the private chat. It's give Nola day. It's our annual charity drive in new Orleans. All of these nonprofits are attempting to raise money. Uh, generation success is accepting donations. You do not have to donate. I'm making this incredibly clear. Please do not feel pressure to donate. But if you have a few extra bucks that you want to send Generation Success's way, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, give Nola Day is different than just than just donating on any other day, though, uh, it, because essentially we have opportunities to like double what we make from Greater New Orleans Foundation. They're the ones that are hosting it. Uh, they have all of these different prizes for the nonprofits that are raising money. Uh, and it's the, there's one where it's like the 24 hour clock. I believe there's one for most funds raised. There's all these different rewards that nonprofits can get. And then they can make extra, uh, they can raise extra funds from greater new Orleans foundation. So please consider if you have one or two bucks, just donating to, to generation success, uh, generation. I'll, I'll just quickly tell you all what we are. I heard Savvy was about to speak, but I, would, uh, no, I was only about to speak to read from the website about what it is. So if you just oh, want to talk own. about what it is, then go right ahead. You could probably, because uh, you can say it with your emotions. So yeah, from your well, heart. When I when I started doing Generation Success, our primary goal, what spoke to me was our primary mission was working with exceptional and twice exceptional students. I, I always felt a drive for working for students that were sort of neglected by the educational system that let them slip through the cracks because they just didn't know how to handle them. So I always appreciated how Generation Success wanted to take that burden, wanted to take that responsibility off of the school system's hands, especially in New Orleans uh, where it's desperately needed. Uh, and it the big thing about us is we do focus a lot more on the one-on-one -on -one educational experience of these children. We really do focus on the emotional needs of these children. It's not just training them to be good test takers. It's training them to have that curiosity that we talk about on the stream. It's training them to have their, uh, to ask questions, to look at the world in a way where problems all have answers. And it's not just about answering one problem with one answer that is right or wrong. So it's a, it's a, as the website says right there, it's a holistic approach to education where we meet the specific needs of each student that comes our way. So is it a, is it like a, um, an after school program or is it like a whole school that you guys are running? What do you like, what, what kind of thing are you guys creating? It's currently after school and tutoring, but we are, we were in the process of becoming a public school. That's really difficult in new Orleans. We would have been, we would have had to become an, a public school in just Louisiana, not just new Orleans. Mm -hmm. And in order to not be Sorry, what was I going to say? In, in order, in order to not have to like follow the strict rules of the state and the city, we're actually pursuing to become a private school. So, we're, so we're we're trying to get accredited as a private school now. So, as a private school, would you like give students like scholarships to attend, or like is it would it be like a free to attend private school, or how does that? Work? It, it, it would cost it would cost money, but it, it, we we would absolutely be work giving students in the Gentilly area and other poor neighborhoods that we're trying to work with scholarships to attend. That's awesome. That sounds like a really great mission as I mean, I'm someone who, you know, before the pandemic, I worked in education, I was I taught uh, creative writing for kids of all ages. And 
I would teach it to kids from all different schools. I go to different schools around Chicago and do it, do creative writing workshops with them or have kids come do field trips and things like that. It was really fun and it was a great thing to do, but you definitely could see the difference in like certain schools didn't have the same resources, even just in Chicago, like a school in this neighborhood in Chicago might not have the resources as a school in this neighborhood does, or uh, students in this neighborhood might be dealing with more things with um, regards to their parents or regards to drug addictions in the family or incarceration or violence in the neighborhood versus kids in this neighborhood might just be able to focus on school. And you can see that there's like um, just a difference in how that played out. So I was all, I've always been such a, a fan of trying to look at these different approaches to education because there really isn't like a one size fits all kind of approach. So I'm really glad that you're working with this and this just seems like a really good organization. Um, I wanna to donate to it. Thank you. And I also see two other people have donated since we've started. So guys, really, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. You have no idea how, how much these donations help. It, it is a small organization. So it's one of those organizations where if you give a couple dollars, you are making a huge impact. Um, as far as what you were saying, I think you're absolutely right. One of the reasons I was so drawn to this is I saw, I mean, and I don't have a background in education, so I'm not exactly, I'm not saying this is an educator, I'm saying this is an outside observer. Um, school certainly didn't feel like it prepared me and I can only imagine the more challenges that you add on top of that, the less it feels like it served you. Um, I was really drawn to the idea of properly educating or at the very least wholly educating, focusing on each student's individual needs and not just working them for a system of test takers that is rather easily manipulated. I told you, I read that book Freakonomics where it was talking about that, how the no child left behind policy from the Bush era created a lot of insincerity in the school system. And the example they gave was Chicago, how teachers were changing the answers of standardized tests in order to qualify for mm -hmm. rewards. And it just showed that the current system that we have in place is not for the betterment of the individual student. It's, it's, it's not about educating them and meeting their specific needs, which is what education is supposed to be about. It's about educating them to prepare them. It's about educating them to improve the skills they need as they grow older and to, to give them the knowledge that will make them live a fulfilled life. Um, and we've been failing. It's essentially been a, uh, a weird, I don't want to say physical, like I, I don't want to say prison system, but I'll say a, a weird factory assembly line of education that it tries to turn us all into mass produced parts to fit its cogs into a system that doesn't benefit us equally. Exactly. I could, I couldn't agree more. I think that I need to read Freakonomics still, but I think that just from working in education and seeing how, how things go. And I, I will say that the program I worked for, which I, it, I'm sad that it was kind of had to get dissolved because of the pandemic, because it was, I worked there for three years and it was really nice the way that we had this program where creative writing classes were never graded and they were always like they were like a fun field trip if students came into our school or if we went to their school it was like a, a fun class that there were nobody was graded on anything and we it was all about encouraging creativity and we gave kids feedback and helped them improve their writing and work on making things better but it was never a, the focus was never like oh we're gonna focus on like you know 
this is not how you're supposed to use a noun here or like we don't focus on like oh this is not a correct type of thesis statement it was always like oh you told us this interesting story about this monster that you made up that's cool like what do you think he looks like you want to add some colors and some shapes and like it's just like i think it's a really fun way to uh, remind kids that there's no there's not to be stress in this environment and i think i saw so many kids just really improve their writing and some of them develop like a real love for it and it, it's just like, I loved working in that kind of environment. It made me think like, it would be pretty cool if the whole educational system worked more like this. And it would, it really would. Anyway, I just donated. We love you, Savvy. I love you. Um, I also love everyone in the chat who's talking about how much they love this as well. Uh, yeah, being a private school just gives us a lot more flexibility for this style of education as y'all are talking about in the comments of you don't necessarily have the flexibility to meet the specific students needs. Um, when you're a state school or a public school, um, as Bette Marie says, she's met high school graduates who can't, who can barely read and lack spelling skills. Um, it's true. Because uh, when you teach these kids to study for tests um, and how they perform on tests directly relates, directly impacts the funding of the school, it's no longer about teaching the kids. Um, that's, it, it's, the in free economics, as mentioned before, what really stuck out to me is all this time they do these tests in a way where it stops the students from teaching, but they're not the ones that have funding directly tied to them. It's the school. So the schools are the ones that are, are that were caught cheating more than the students. Yeah, sorry, I unshared the screen. I just didn't want to give you guys all my credit card number. We love your credit card numbers. <laughs> Um, oh, look, almost at $200. That's amazing. So happy, happy Give NOLA Day. Congratulations to New Orleans for, for this. Um, I, I hope you guys reach your $5,000 goal, and I hope that you get it doubled or matched by the city or whatever. Uh, Thank the, you. Great New Orleans Foundation. Get off. Um, and as far gonna, as... Well, they, they will match your the donation. There's there's definitely... That's not a guarantee, but because it's Give Nola Day, essentially there's just there's different ways for them to either one match the donation, two double donations, uh, three just add like it's not necessarily matching, but give bonuses as well. Um, it's just it's there's, there's there's all these different criteria that I didn't fully read through because there's so many uh, for for ways for Ganoff to give you more money. That's awesome. So if you have a five thousand dollar goal and it did get matched, you could earn up to ten thousand dollars. And that's why Give Nola Day is such a powerful. That that's why I really do most of my asking for donations on Give Nola Day. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, thank y'all for, uh, for 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 being polite and and uh, allowing me to uh to to make that pitch here. Uh, again, yeah, I was excited when you were like, "Can I talk about this?" I was like, "Of course, that's that's a wonderful thing to talk about on this stream." If you imagine if I was like, "No." Well, I mean, it's, it, I, I didn't want it to come across one as a conflict of interest and two, I don't want anyone to feel pressured. Uh, oh to yeah, donate. I get it. I don't think anyone, yeah, just everyone in the chat, no one feel pressured. This is like, we just wanted to share it. Or even if like, you know, someone, you know, others in your life, or you just want to share the link on your social media and stuff like that. That's also. Oh God, if you share too. it on social media, that would be incredibly helpful and I would greatly appreciate it. But thank you all so much for, uh, I mean, honestly, thank you all for the constant support. I mean, we, I, I, this podcast is one of my favorite things in my life right now. Yeah, me too, dude. I this is what honestly this this podcast gets me out of bed in the morning. I am like consistently waking up early. And yeah, yeah. you're healthier and I'm you're a drinking. Person. 
I'm More. still drinking a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see that maybe that'll be an area of improvement in the future. Um, yeah. Thank you guys all so much for being wonderful. Tomorrow we are going to talk more about NFTs and crypto and also hopefully react to Gary V's crypto. NFT I'm calling Bet Marie's bluff right here. She says she doesn't want to buy Logan. I guarantee you if I released a Logan candy bar line, I can almost guarantee you she would buy it. And I know others in the chat would. It's Especially not going to happen. That's why I'm saying it. Your girlfriend is a pastry chef. So I think people would oh, yeah. your your baked goods and sweets because she probably made them. If if Aaron made her pastry cream and made like Loganberry. I mean, well, actually we'd get sued for that because that's a brand, but I call him Loganberry. Uh, but if we, if, if, if we made, if we made Logan cream puffs or Logan cake, I, I bet you y'all would eat it. I bet Absolutely. you all buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you the link, Queen. Thank you so much. Y'all, thank you so much for being here this morning. We will see you again tomorrow morning at the same time, same place. And we will do some discussions of crypto and NFTs tomorrow. And we'll talk more about Gary Vee and his book that I'm going to start reading in a few minutes when I take Chewy on a walk. So oh, thank poor, you all. Okay, weird. Where? Oh, okay, or... I got in trouble because I filled in answers like A, B, C, D, and my P teacher yelled at me because this test is important for your future. You need to take this seriously. I was in seventh grade. Aww. It's always great when like you're in your mid-20s and you're remembering a time a teacher scolded you in seventh grade over something that has no impact on your life. Yeah, that, that happens all the time. Fucking teachers, man. The great ones are so great. The shitty ones are so shitty. It's one of the, It's one of those jobs where it's like, don't be a shitty teacher. Guys. Don't, when I was in middle school, there was this really mean teacher that was really strict and everyone hated her. And I decided to really like her just to be different so that I could be not like other girls. You heard it here first. Savvy is hashtag not like other girls. And thank y'all so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs>